So now that we're talking about some kind of materialist analysis, let's do a controversial one. Okay. So like to me, when we look at a lot of the revolutionary kind of Marxist, communists, whatever attempts that have been tried in the 20th century, what we what we see a lot of the times is that they happen in places where uh, the bourgeoisie seems unable to break through the existing structure to help the formation of capital. So like in Tsarist Russia, we have a strong state, but a weak bourgeoisie. And we ha- when we have a crisis area, it was, it was the actual revolutionary left who managed to industrialize the country and f- then collapse back into a capitalist form. We see the, a similar thing happening in the global south a lot where you have Marxist revolutionary ones that have an anti-colonialist force. But really what they end up ended up with is a, boor- a national bourgeoisie coming to some level of power rather than a worker state. And, you know, it's hard for me looking at, at Chile to see the revolution and its failures, hard not to see it in those similar lights where we, it is like the bourgeoisie in Chile at the time were unable to do the things that were in the bourgeoisie's interests. And it was it was a type of a workers' revolution that did it, did enough of it, got crushed, and you had the capitalist capitalist system work its magic. How do you how do you think about a, a historical materialist high helicopter vision view of the revolution like that? Yeah, I think that that's you know instructive, and I think that it also helps us reminds us to remember the other components of the popular unity program, which were, as you referenced, very anti-imperialist. You know, in this moment in Latin America, it, following the Cuban Revolution, following the the put down of the revolution in Guatemala in the 1950s, right? Following the coup that's funded by the CIA in Guatemala, there is a recognition that for a workers' revolution, be it socialist, be it communist, for a workers' revolution, a leftist revolution to succeed in Latin America, it had to fight a two-front war, right? It had to and war here being very metaphorical, but it had to fight a two-front battle against the national bourgeoisie that was incipient, but still existed, right? It was still a monopolist. There were still monopoly or oligarchic elements of a national bourgeoisie. But in addition to that, it also had to resist and push back imperial interests by largely the United States. And even I would say they'd had like largely feudal systems, like the latter Very much. Yeah, you know, you had a similar kind of thing for the anti-colonial struggles. You had essentially near feudal systems, like you had in in in, in uh, Russia. You do, and if you're, you know, if we're thinking historiographically here, this is the moment in the historiography of Latin America that you're having the great debates between scholars on whether on on precisely this question on the feudal question, right? Was Latin America's system of land tenure feudal, or was it just a a, a deformed version of a of a sort of very basic market economy or, or something like that. And these these debates were largely settled in the 1980s in some senses. It you know it's hard to disentangle these debates from the hegemony of dependency theory, right? Because in the dependency theory then the only way you can see the countryside is as a feudal remnant of Spanish colonialism, right? And so, so much of it was bound up in this historiographical vein of dependency theory. What is the relationship between Spanish colonialism and sort of national rural deficiencies? And so you have great debates. So for example, Steve Stern will argue that 
to, to understand this debate, we have to actually look at the modes of production. So there's a great debate that goes down between Emmanuel Wallerstein and, and him about what the modes of production. And, and Ernesto Laclau was also involved in this debate. Ultimately, they you know will come down on the side that thinking about it in feudalism or, or seeing it in feudal structures is perhaps a false debate because it's an yeah. attempt to sort of import that Northern European model onto a region that necessarily didn't yeah, feudal is feudal is the wrong feudal is probably the wrong word. Like like what I would say is nearly like some kind of like well extremely poor self sufficient peasantry, as opposed to strict feudal. That's probably a better way to put it. Definitely, and and, and that existed in in a de, in a position of dependency on their landlords, right? Right. Um, and so you you write that there was a the majority of land holdings are in the latifundio are in these great landed estates in the hands of very few which does mean that the majority of land is not used for production, right? So it's not used to then produce goods that could support its own national industry or that could, you know, in the sort of Marxist frame, then support the sort of bourgeois revolution that would create the stage necessary for a sort of socialist revolution to take place.